What is up Gen Xers? Welcome back to the water cooler. It's good to see you again. Uh, some interesting things to discuss this week. You know, one of the really fascinating things I saw, I don't know if you had a chance to, there's this one college student from Columbia uh, gave an interview that seemed to receive some attention. She's from North Korea and she had a fascinating story about fleeing North Korea and bouncing between Mongolia and China and a number of places and ultimately ended up uh, coming to the United States. And of course, she offers a very unique perspective on the types of freedoms that you know, most Americans tend to take a little bit for granted. But in particular, in, the, in this interview, she was comparing U.S. universities to North Korea. And she was very blunt in her assessment. And she essentially said what what she experienced in in university in, at Columbia is kind of nothing compared to what she experienced in North Korea, and not in a good way, <laughs> which is kind of sobering to hear when when you know what goes on in North Korea and that crazy potbelly dictator and and his crazy sister and and all the you know the people that have just been slaughtered and to hear her say not facetiously that what she experienced was nothing really kind of makes you makes you listen a couple of the examples that she gave was again coming from someone whose uh, native language whose first language is not english um she was in a, a class and they were going around introducing themselves and and asking to give their pronouns. And it was just a concept that blew her mind. She didn't really get it. She didn't understand how and a single individual could refer to themselves as they or them. It was just really, really uh, bizarre. Um, and she said, not solely that, but in general, she said, that, you know, even North Korea is not this nuts. <laughs> Which kind of tells you just how far off the the American university system has gone, and you you see it in in the raging that happens on campus and the, and the righteous indignation on social media. And she, but she essentially was making the point that you know students somewhat just essentially just choose to be brainwashed and they don't even know it. I think that was probably the one thing that I. That really stood out to me from her from her message. She said, you know, they they are completely brainwashed. They're choosing to be, and they have no idea because they are so caught up in their own self-righteousness, their own sanctimony. And that's how they are. And and she also, I think you made an astute point that they just do not learn to think critically. And when you see the knee-jerk reactions across social media and on Twitter and and in different platforms, when really anything happens, it's it's you know, the the rage and the and the uh, illogical responses that you see and hear. Uh, it really it comes from someone and a group of people who do not know how to think critically. I, I mean, how often do you see someone raging on social media that has a good point? You know, how often do you hear someone just spouting something that is not full of hyperbole? that actually gives an example. I mean, they that's they, they don't do that. They, they just rely on emotion. They rely on anger, and they just stoke that over and over and over. 
and you know the you know the media the you know the press you know goes along with it you know they're just as bad as as anyone else is the rank and file they don't think critically they don't they don't look for facts they just push their their agenda but I, I I thought it was interesting if you can find it. I recommend you listening to it. It's just a very interesting perspective, one that you know I, I certainly don't have, but I think it's one that kind of you know makes you stop and take pause. And and as a a Gen Xer with kids who are in high school and getting ready, it kind of makes you really worried about sending them out to a university where you know they could just fall into. The nonsense and the you know the cultural nonsense that goes on with you know gender theory and and socialism and and what have you it's just again if if they're going to be brainwashed and just go along with it willingly and, and not even realize that it's happening it's something that you know certainly frightens you so you know i hope hopefully I can teach my kids to think critically i mean even if they believe you know some things that they that they learn that's completely up to them as long as they're able to articulate it in a sound rational way and not just spout hyperbole and talking points and and what have you and rely on emotion then i will be okay with it i I can listen i can rationally disagree but the last thing I want was to have a kid come home from college just spouting whatever they hear from their professors or their classmates or someone throwing a frisbee on a quad and and it just has absolutely no rational thought and it contradicts itself and it's just yeah it's not something that I'm I look forward to but that's the environment that is out there and you know we see more and more you know the critical race theory is getting pushed out there and and the more i learn of this gen x the more i'm absolutely convinced that critical race theory and those who push it and those who really believe it are some of the most hateful and racist individuals i've ever seen it's stunning to see in this day and age that that could actually be taken seriously i mean the notion that uh, first of all um, anybody who was born white has born within them this inborn sense of entitlement, this inborn racism and hatred, and no matter what they do, they can't escape it. Likewise, that anybody who is uh, a minority or is born black in the United States, they have within them a, a born this sense of subjugation and oppression, and you know they can't get out of it or what have you. I just... It, you know, it's even gross even to say out loud and to repeat their own thoughts out loud. It's it's gross, but it's it's being pushed more and more in in schools and not even just colleges. You know, like that that girl from North Korea experienced at Columbia. I mean, this is getting pushed into high schools and junior highs and grade schools. And if you push against it, then you're labeled a bigot. You're labeled a racist and and what have you. And I mean, really, it's just it's just warmed over Marxism. You know, just packaged in a in a weird social message that is incoherent you know doesn't make sense um it, it just it's out there it, it's weird and although there's that very uh that cynical and and sarcastic point of my gen x brain that does get a kick out of seeing those who buy into this uh, just cannibalize each other. It's really funny to watch. And in, in, in case in point, here this past week, 
Um, this new movie came out uh, called In the Heights. It's it's another it's a musical. Lin Manuel Miranda who who did Hamilton and it's wildly popular. People love it. I have my own opinions of it. And I won't get into now, but whatever. But he put out this In the Heights you know, musical. I don't know that. He, I, no, I don't know too much about. It. I don't know if he wrote it or if he adapted it. There's a book he died. Whatever. I'm, I'm a little out kicking my knowledge here of of the the play in particular. But it takes place apparently in New York and maybe even Harlem um, in these minority communities and these Latin communities, and that's the music and the story and whatever. But apparently, in the from the source material, it's more of um, dark-skinned Lat- Latinos who are participate in the story, whereas the casting of the of the movie and the way it was directed and and sung there were only a, a small amount of dark-skinned latinos and as soon as it comes out this weird controversy brews up and then lin-manuel miranda has to put out this this press release and talk about how sorry he is and that he's learning and blah blah blah, blah, blah. i mean it's just, it's just really bizarre and it just really underscores the the point that uh, with this woke culture that seems to be growing more and more every day, you can just never be woke enough. You just can't. I mean, even if you're Lin-Manuel Miranda, who I believe is Puerto Rican, and you can push uh, minorities and people of color in your musicals and your movies and, and in all your work, and it's just, even for someone like that, it doesn't seem to be good enough because if, if you run afoul of, of any of their perspectives, which you're bound to, they will come after you. And it's just a matter of time. And with uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, it seems to be in the Heights, um, which is, again, it's absurd. Again, it's a movie I'm not interested in. I don't care about. Uh, but this guy, I, from what I can tell, he's a talented guy. And, and people enjoy what he does, which is great. And But I hope that his career doesn't end or or get shaken off, off track uh, for something as petty as the the demographic and makeup of a movie that he made. It's just, I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't think there's any anything racist behind his motivations. I don't think there's anything hurtful or, or hateful behind what he did. And it, there's no reason why his, his career, what he does should be put off course because of this. And again, again, I'm not, he's not someone that I care for or that I enjoy what he does, but ho- hopefully sanity will reign on that. But I, I'm not too confident. Speaking of sanity, not being confident of sanity. Oh boy, President Biden at the G7 summit this week. Oh boy, that is just hard to watch. You know, it's like, it's kind of like you're driving in a car and you're looking on the other direction of traffic and you see in slow motion this accident that's happening. And you see it, you know, coming from a mile away. Seemingly happening in slow motion, and there's nothing you can do about it. You're just watching, hoping that it doesn't happen, and it happens exactly the way that you expect it. It's just really, really bizarre. But during the the summit and these meetings, uh, President Biden just he stumbled, he stammered through everything. Um, yeah, he he was in a, in an interview first after chastising and tongue lashing the press and and getting short-tempered with them which is kind of his thing anyway 
Um, but he was he was asked at one point what he and, and Vladimir Putin uh, talked about when they met. And after he stammers through a bunch of just incoherent nonsense, and he was saying that they they discussed uh, cyber and uh, cyber security and he was just spitballing off the top of his head. I mean, it just meant nothing. Um, you know, because they were they were essentially trying to ask whether he addressed any you know the cyber attacks and there's something that he can do to work with them to prevent it and and of course he just gave a rambling non-coherent response uh, it's just it just does not make you feel good it does not make you give any confidence in our leadership and quite honestly in our electorate and all, and all those morons who voted for this clown um yeah i mean at one point he was taped walking in the wrong restaurant and being confused and you know jill had to come and and pull him out of it um it it just projects so much weakness you know and and not that i think that the united states needs to be the the world's policeman in fact quite the opposite i think we need to get away from that nonsense but it's just it projects such weakness to the point where justin trudeau of canada uh, stated out loud that he thinks that harris will be president in in two years i mean he, he just as inco- incoherent and incompetent as she is, even that would be a step up, maybe from Biden. I, I, but again, that's if you take Biden on the level and not think that he's just some mouthpiece for for whoever is, is pushing him. But it's just, it's bizarre. It's sad. It's scary. Um, particularly when you when you see the reactions to his policies and the you know the you know the nonpartisan. Uh, you know, budgeting group in Washington projects that Biden's six trillion dollar budget will cause the economy to shrink one percent over the next decade. Uh, it's just, it's just. I mean, this is coming from a guy who has to rely on flashcards in meetings and struggles to keep up, and and kept referring to um, Iran as Syria and. It's just, it's just such a train wreck. It, it's, and it, you see, there's some real, real fears as, as we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks, in that some severe, um, uh, some economic turbulence is ahead of us. You know, there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of inflation worries are out there, and you know, the, all the signs are even worse. You know than they were in 2008 you remember what happened there when the when the housing bubble uh popped um look i i I don't know what necessarily specifically to read of it but it does seem like we are in for um a strong market correction coming up in the the coming weeks and months possibly and it would be even more prolonged than 2008 was hopefully i'm wrong um but when you see this geriatric president stumbling amongst other world leaders, it just does not give you confidence. It, it just really doesn't. Um, you know, I mean, this is the same, and not just this, this clown in particular, but again, this, you know, the, the, the country's just been taken over by these crazed leftists and their awful policies. You know, there's more, you know, some crazy tapes coming out of San Francisco if you saw that if, from Walgreens there is this guy on a bike inside of Walgreens in an aisle just loading up a plastic bag just 
taking what he wants, you know, and, and as he goes out, the guy kind of slaps at the bag, but he doesn't take it. And the, the dude just gets on his bike, rides out the automatic door and off into the street and away he goes. I mean, and this is a direct result of Democrat policies in California and in San Francisco. You know, they've decriminalized petty theft, anything under 950 bucks. And it's just, it's, people are going crazy out there, you know, particularly when they simultaneously decriminalize, you know, certain drugs and, and the, and the punishments for them. And so now you have these people who are becoming addicts in record numbers. They are stealing to support these habits and, and to, and to live their lifestyle in record numbers. And I mean, in, in San Francisco alone, up to 17 plus stores and of, from the Walgreens franchise in particular are, are closing, you know, CVS reports that shoplifting in, in their San Francisco stores are four time their, the national average in, in their stores and, and doesn't seem to be slowing down, but that's what happens when you elect crazies. And unfortunately, these crazies are fleeing California in record numbers, but they're taking their bad ideas and bad voting habits to these red states and turning them purple and blue like they did in Colorado. They are hell-bent on doing that in Texas, and and Lord help us if they do. Um, but that's that's the way it goes, and you don't really hear about it. You know, you don't hear about the the nonsense that goes on in these Democrat strongholds. You know, you, there, there's just more and more examples of incompetence here in Chicago and in Lori Lightfoot and in you know, the violence that happens here. Um, but you know, this, you know, the critical race theory and everything is is politicized, it's ra- racialized, and that becomes the norm. You know, I don't know if you've heard this story this or the past week. This man goes on a shooting spree in Alabama, injuring, I think, at least up to five. Uh, you probably have not heard it. And the reason why, surprisingly enough, is the guy who did it does not fit your Timothy McVeigh demographic. In particular, his motivation for doing so. And he said explicitly he was doing it to, he was targeting whites, in particular White men, white men of that look like they have a military background because, you know, he's been harassed by them and so on and so forth, which may or may not be true. And, and but regardless, in his response to it was to go on a racially fueled shooting binge. Have you heard about it? No, because the the race hustlers in the in the press and and on social media just that just doesn't fit their agenda that doesn't fit what they want to push and so you are not going to hear from it but uh, hopefully some point sanity will reign with this hopefully the pendulum will shift and will swing back more towards sanity but it, it that light at the end of the tunnel tunnel certainly seems to be a long way away uh, updates on the on the origins of covid uh, not surprisingly, it seems that as the world and or at least the, the United States opens up more and more, that sanity is starting to reign and the it is it seems to be that people are waking up more and more to the, fa- the fact of the true origins of this thing um, because I mean it's amazing how this pandemic can be unleashed by some incompetence in one particular country and questioning that i mean you'll either be censored you'll be targeted as a tagged as a racist or what have you um and it's just and a false fictional narrative of bat soup and wet markets is going to be be floated out there but slowly and surely people seem to be wising up 
Uh, in fact, uh, John Stewart, who is is certainly no no right winger, appeared on the Stephen Colbert show, and he had this really I mean, funny because that's who he is. He's a, he's a comedian, but this this tirade just going off about how the origins of this thing had to have come from the lab. Uh, well, duh, because <laughs> you remember from the beginning of this thing, you know, we heard the bat soup and wet market narrative. And then there's starting to be some whispers that there's this uh, virology lab just you know within miles of this wet market. And you thought, huh, really? And then, you know, studies have come out that, that, the, that there were no, you know, pangolins or bats sold at that wet market it's, or that, the virus has is shown that is clearly not something that would have occurred in, occurred in nature. It would have had to have been man-made. And you know the research at that lab, you know, pushed by none other than Anthony Fauci, to study you know, th- these types of, of viruses to try to get out ahead of them occurring in nature. They try to understand the na- the, the the action of of these of these types of viruses, and and it gets out and it's sprung on the world and just causes chaos, destroys lives and wrecks uh, economies and so on. Um, but he, he, he made the funny point of, you know, that's, it's like saying, um, he, he made a, a comparison between, you know, the origins of Wuhan, the virus coming from the Wuhan lab and uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, you know, like this uh, obesity coming from Hershey, Pennsylvania, something along the lines. If you can, again, I'm not someone to push Stephen Colbert's show, but find that find that uh, clip, watch it, and have yourself a good laugh. But you know, he essentially makes a point that's only logical. Well, yeah, duh, no kidding. <laughs> so, again, but this is a, a, an opinion, even by John Stewart, that would have been censored you know, weeks ago. But it's now it's something, it's, it's on late-night talk shows, and now it's played up for yucks. Um, but for us saying Gen Xers, it hasn't been playing for yucks for the past year. And you know, we've wanted accountability. We wanted honesty. We wanted transparency and we didn't get it. And, but although now it might be coming out, which kind of raises a very interesting point amongst the devotees of all things science, you know, which is in, in a way is becoming a new religion. It's really interesting to watch because for the, for those, you know, science drummers, it's something that's not questioned. You know, you know, even to the point where when things are irrational, they just it requires a certain amount of faith. You know, faith in Anthony Fauci, faith in you know the media pushing a narrative, or faith in Greta Thunberg talking or or uh, Al Gore talking about climate change, global warming, or whatever. Um, it requires a certain amount of faith, and you just do not question the expertise of these clowns. Um, but the interesting thing about this about this pandemic because now all the signs seem to be that this came from a lab and it was man-made, that while everybody is praising science for helping to treat people and, and to quickly bring some vaccines to the market and, and, to, and to be able to be able to combat this thing, but there's also something that was sprung on us by science. I mean, it was. Yeah, it, it came from a lab. It came from, from experiments on viruses and testing on viruses. So science had to find a way to to solve a problem caused by science. I mean, I, th- I think that's something that a lot of folks who who either don't think critically on their own or or are hardcore leftists, it's something they're going to have to reconcile in their science-loving brains that you know this this was something that was sprung on the world 
by science, you know, and and it shows you in a, a clear example of the limits to our understanding, a limit you know to our smarts as humans, and and it shows you that we don't have all answers through science. We just don't. As much much as people like to think that science has told us the beginnings of of the of the earth and and all the inner workings our understanding of science and the nature of the world and universe is so limited compared to what is out there um and this is an example of it but i i, I think john john stewart either wittingly or unwittingly highlighted some some very interesting points that will have to be reconciled with as we go forward but there are also a, a Interestingly enough, a CDC panel um, started holding hearings on the COVID-19 vaccines and rare heart issues. It'll be interesting to watch this because you know people definitely have some high f- confidence in this vaccine. They say it's tested and science and blah 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 blah. Well, I mean, not 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 to the extent that other vaccines are. You know, there's still quite a bit of unknown, particularly when it comes to teens and and juveniles you know taking uh, the virus um, they, they, there are certainly lots of questions and red flags and and worries about side effects for these things whether it's heart issues or blood clotting or what have you and I, I certainly hope that this doesn't develop into a huge problem as as time goes on because it, i mean it, it seems like it may um, hopefully not hopefully there's it's a you know closely you know, correlates to other flu vaccines and fighting other flu strains, and it won't have any kind of long-lasting widespread issues in the future. Um, but it certainly could because there's a lot that we don't know about it, but we shall see. Now, lastly, that one of my, my favorite stories over the past uh, week is there was a reemergence of our old friend Jeffrey Tubin on CNN. Boy, if you thought in this post-Me Too era that a dude on CNN um, pleasuring himself on a Zoom call would be enough to get someone fired and canceled, you underestimate the inner workings of CNN and the left-wing machine. Because although Louis C.K. can still remain canceled for doing something similar years and years ago, uh, Jeffrey Tubin uh, just down a few mere months, and he has resurrected himself on CNN. Imagining the tubin, the self tubining he he had when he went home that day after re- coming back from the ashes. But oh boy, uh, only in only in the left wing world could that happen. You know, as much as they like to decry white privilege, really the only the only privilege that exists in our culture right now that is definitive is leftist privilege because if you are on the left you can say and do anything yeah like when lin-manuel miranda if that were anyone else they probably would be canceled by now but yeah maybe not so much jeffrey tubin can can whack it on a zoom call and he's not going to be canceled but some other you know if a comedian does it says something they don't like their whole world is just shattered and um, they are taken down but yeah he he is back and and he's reporting on on things. Uh, the, the the last story that I saw, which was both sad and also kind of funny, um, but the the reporter who broke the Clinton tarmac story a couple of years ago, the the details of of the meeting between um, 
Ambassador Rice, I believe it was, and uh, Clinton to try to um, shape the the whole story as Hillary was running for president about her servers. And it showed that there was a real collusion you know, b- between the media and the Obama administration and a candidate for president. Uh, he commits suicide. Another death, another suicide associated with the Clintons. Boy, if you are anywhere around the Clintons and if you run afoul of them, the chances of suicide are shockingly high, particularly compared to the populace at large. And the names, the list of names of lives that are destroyed associated with the Clintons just continues to grow. That's the story that I will continue to watch. Again, do I think that that had his suicide had anything or his death? They're investigating it, so I can't necessarily call it a suicide. But do I think that necessarily had anything to do with the Clintons? Honestly, probably not. But it's impossible to ignore the correlation and the death count that follows that family, that couple. It is just dumbfounding. It's staggering. So it's at least worthwhile to ask the questions and keep an eye on it. Do I think there's any connection? No, no, I don't. But it's it's one. To, it, it's something that certainly you know, cause a, a bit of a chuckle. Although it's sad that the guy died. You know, that's that's a shame. I'm sure there's a family mourning out there, and there's there's no good that comes from that. But uh, well, you, I certainly hope. I certainly hope that I'm I'm right that that this was not associated with the Clinton death machine. But we shall see. I've been wrong before. Anyway, that's all I have for today. I'm going to go get another drink of water and then get back to work. And I will see you next time. Till then, stay cool, Genetics. <laughs>